Madonna here on islandsradio.ca, brought to us by Scott Merrick. Scott Merrick is here, and we're broadcasting live from the Saturday market. As well, I have a very special guest, uh, Elizabeth May, our Member of Parliament. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you for having me. Good to be back at the market. Oh, it feels like like a decade. I feel like Rip Van Winkle, 100 years, but it's only been (laughs) COVID. It, it, it does feel like it's been a while, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's so and good to see people. How, how are you faring? How, how have you been making out during the pandemic? Here? Oh, well, I, I, it's well, like everyone, what an awful experience. I was locked up, locked down. Every time I went to Ottawa for work, I'd come back and do a two-week self-isolation in my apartment in Sydney. So I felt just, I've never been through, none of us. I mean, there's no point. Everybody's individual experience is shared by everybody. So it's both isolating and shared. It's been strange. So we're now emerging. Well, I I know uh, I went into uh, self-isolation several times last year, happily not this year, but all negative uh, COVID tests. But I I imagine you've caught up on your Netflix. No, I haven't. (laughs) The workload for members of parliament, at least for Mm. me, went way up. So it was definitely still a seven-day work week and long hours. And then we went to the weirdness of parliament meeting on Zoom. So I would be uh, basically chained to my desk. And we, of course, working on Ottawa work hours, but from from Sydney. So I'd be, oh, great. you know, get ready, put your makeup on, sit in front of your TV screen, or your, your computer screen, starting at 6.30 in the morning because Parliament starts at 7 a.m. because it's Ottawa time. It's been a very weird experience. I'm just so grateful. I mean, there's so many people who had just... You know, much, much worse experience. I had the kind of job where I didn't have to worry that my paycheck wasn't going to come in, right? Um, it's been it's been a very strange, strange time. Being very and then surreal. I just had a knee replacement, so that's why I'm, if anyone sees me in the market and wonders, well, I saw her. She looked like she was on her last legs. <laughs> or as a friend of mine said, you look, you were cut off at the knees, were you, dear? So anyway, I had a knee replacement. And how's recovery fun. going now? Zooming. Oh, I'm, good. I'm doing great. I just have to be a bit careful. And and I know it's not fresh news, apparently, but um, how's married life treating you? Well, it? this is a miracle, too. Um, <laughs> my husband and I got married in spring of 2019, and then we had the election campaign of 2019, and we just sort of got settled into living together when COVID hit. And so we didn't just live together, we were locked up together. So the good news is we're still in love. Because <laughs> 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 it could have been a bad experience. The acid so, test, yeah. as it were. So yeah, John's, John's great. And um, yes, yeah, so we're, we're doing, we're remarkably fortunate. John's place, by the way, though, I mean, this, this last month and a half to turn to what's on my mind, is climate emergency. John's place where he had been living for many years before uh, we got together is in Ashcroft. Uh, so he had a farm there. It hit 50 degrees Celsius there in late June. His Holy daughter God. got a heat stroke that nearly killed her. Um, and the farm's been under evacuation alert. And he runs off and gets back up to Ashcroft to, you know, he says, oh, honey, don't worry about me. What could happen? I said, well, isn't your plan to climb on the roof and install a sprinkler that's going to run all the time because no one's at the farm anymore because of the... He said, yeah, but that's okay. I can." So he, you know, at 73, he doesn't know why I would worry that he's going to climb on the roof by oh, himself no. and install a sprinkler yeah, system. And not at all. So that's what's been going on with us. It's been a lot. And still, the wildfires circling everywhere. Um, one of my favorite friends who's uh, here with me today in the market, Alexa, her family's in Vernon. And they're all under evacuation alert now. Oh, so we are in... We are in the crucible of climate emergency, and it's real close and personal 
because of my husband's family being also affected by this. Yes, some unprecedented conditions here. Yeah, Maybe. we're so blessed. In the, well, at least for now in the Gulf Islands, we're good. Yes, uh, knock on wood. Now, um, everybody's talking about a fall election. Are, are you going to run again? Oh, I am running again. Oh, or or, I, am, or yeah. I am pushing myself along in my walker. <laughs> but I, yeah, am, I am okay. running again. Walking, walking, I am run. running for office again. <laughs> no, I hope to be re-elected. I'm very, I'd be very, very grateful for support to be the member of parliament for Saanich Gulf Islands for uh, I, I, at least another term. I don't know. I'm very fortunate at 67 to be in good health. And I want, I love being, I love being in parliament and representing this community. So well, fingers uh, crossed. Full disclosure, I'm a, I'm a supporter and fan. Oh, thank you. So keep you. up the great yeah, work, personally. Oh, so you. I guess well, I maybe, <laughs> maybe that'll, oh, you know. That's so nice. Thank you. I, w I do plan. I do hope to get reelected. And we think the election could happen. Well, there were rumors that Justin Trudeau would drop the writ tomorrow. Uh -huh. But I think we look, it's looking like we have at least until next weekend. But the, the people are speculating that he could, I don't know why, because it's a bad time to have an election, if you ask me, with the variants and people still concerned about what would happen if we have to be crowded. But the election, I think, is likely to be um, in September, actual voting Whoa, day that soon. Yeah. And I'd like to touch on that briefly again, but uh, what's it? I know in my own volunteer and nonprofit experience, doesn't really apply to government per se, but what's it been like stepping down as leader from the federal Green Party? Well, it was yeah. fantastic. I mean, I promised my daughter before the 2019 election that that would be my last federal election. I'd led the party into four national campaigns at that point. Um, and uh, you need to have, uh, you know, some kind of succession plan. You need to be able. So I was very, very happy to step down as leader, and Joanne Roberts took over as interim leader. So it's been almost two years since I was leader. But I have the role of parliamentary leader of the party. So the work in Parliament has been very rewarding. And uh, you know, the COVID experience, it, especially in the first few months, was an incredibly strong collaborative nonpartisan experience and it was really great that. to feel that we were all pulling together for the country I wish we had the same response to the climate emergency that when something's an emergency okay let's treat it like an emergency spend what we need to spend do what we need to do uh, unfortunately we've we still have this kind of cognitive dissonance like we're in a climate emergency but we can build a pipeline no no actually you can't build a pipeline and no you can't frack the whole province of bc for lng no um so we need to have more green voices in parliament so we can keep trying to remind people of the truth well i guess uh, something of the the elephant in the room here is from the outside uh, the green party federal green party is seem to be somewhat caught up in some turmoil over the last month yeah. uh, concerning new leader Anna Mae Paul. And I'm, I'm just wondering, without going down the old rabbit hole, uh, what do you feel we need to know here on yeah. Saanich Gulf well, Islands regarding uh, the unfolding, uh, I guess we could call the drama in, uh, in, the, in the Green well, Party? Well, it's, it's interesting because for, for like the whole, I became leader of the Green Party in 2006, and the problem we've always had is getting any media coverage at all. And right now, it's just like, oh, if you have any kind of gossipy smear, we're, the national media is yeah. all ears. We're do happy they, to cover Do it. they want to talk yeah. about the climate emergency? No, they do not. But anyway, um, I think what people, I hope what people in Saanich Gulf Islands will need to know is that it, in a lot of ways, it doesn't touch us here. 
I want to be your MP again. Um, the, because the Green Party doesn't have a system where the leader controls what the MPs do, there are no whip votes. There's I don't work for the leader of the Green Party. I hope she does well, and I hope she wins her seat in Toronto Centre. Um, but the, the loss of Jenica Atwin was huge, and there's, that's just no question. That's a traumatic event when you, for anybody, and I won't lie, it's been a, an, an absolute crisis. But much of what's been in the media just isn't true at all. So I don't touch it. I just say, look, as former leader, the last thing the world people need is me uh, offering opinions. I just want to offer to be of service, and I want to continue to represent Saanich Gulf Islands. And, and the party will survive this. Uh, and we, God knows we're lucky to have Sonia Firstno and Adam Olson in the BC ledge. We just need more Greens elected everywhere. Well, I guess that's uh, something to be considered as the unique governance of the federal green party it's run a little bit differently than other parties well, so totally party members and uh, mps and so forth are, are granted i guess a certain amount of, well, of uh, say, autonomy yeah. well we're also we're the most democratic party and that the members are in charge the leader can't change policy the members change policy the leader can't boss people around the members the constitution wouldn't allow it and when I was leader of the party, I didn't have any powers. Your, your job is to be the chief spokesperson. So in that sense, um, Annamie is facing a lot of tough tests uh, of her leadership. And that is the way the party is. I mean, democracy is messy <laughs> anywhere. At the best of times. Yeah, and any demo and a party that's the most democratic, I guess you'd have to say, especially if you're going to have leaks to the media every few minutes. Uh, I find out what's going on the same way you do, from leaks to the media. I think, I wonder if that leak is true or not. Hmm. Um, generally, they're not true. So I just say, well, please, 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 everybody keep supporting Greens wherever you are, because we have wonderful candidates running everywhere. Our candidate, by the way, in Burnaby South, it, um, at Maureen Curran, is currently tree-sitting to block the Kinder Morgan pipeline in Burnaby. She's a professor at uh, Simon Fraser University. Our candidate in Vancouver Quadra, Devyani Singh, is a PhD climate scientist. Um, she's an amazing young queer green climate expert. The, the, the candidates across the country are fantastic and they deserve support. Well, I, I have a lot of hopes in the Green Party. I personally believe we're on the verge of another mass extinction brought about by human activities. I feel it's super important, and I think that's a good good segue to move on to the, the big picture stuff. Like, uh, But I'd like to touch first on your, your thoughts about First Nations all across Canada, especially recently the Penelica tribe, uh, formerly Cooper Island, 160 unmarked graves, many likely to be children. Um, and with your federal government experience, now that you, you've been behind the scenes and know how the sausage is made, so to speak, at, yeah. in Ottawa, uh, what do you think the federal government can really do in terms of addressing some of these systemic racism and other issues well, First Nations are facing today? I think you have to. Uh, the federal government has to stop making apologies and promises and actually walking the talk. I mean, we have had court case after court case after court case, whether it's Dalgamook or the Haida case, or um, Chilcotin, and most recently, fantastic decision from the BC court on the Blueberry River First Nation in terms of saying, look, the promises made when that Treaty 8 that, that it affects the area all around the peace, and the, we, we, we made a commitment as the Crown, as a settler culture colonizer, 
that they that the that these nations would always these peoples would always have access to the hunting and fishing that they'd always known. In this part of the world, we have the Douglas Treaties, which say to the Wasonic people, you have not just collective rights to hunt and fish as previously, you have individual rights, and they've never been consulted at all in the Kinder Morgan pipeline. They're not consulted. So if we're going to be serious about this, it isn't the way the BC government under John Horgan or the federal government under Justin Trudeau consider consultation, which is we'll keep consulting you until you say yes to the things we've already decided. Thank you very much. We are putting this pipeline through your territory. When will you agree to say yes so we can give you the money? That's how the, um, and I've talked to elected leadership in the Wasonic Nations um, between Sartlip and Pocachin and, and Saud. I mean, we have, Sakem, not, they have not been seriously ever consulted about, and as a sea-going people where the Salish Sea is, you know, as I said, when the tide goes out, the table is set. This is their right. And it actually, of course, would create better policy for all of us in terms of a survival of, of a healthy marine ecosystem to protect the Douglas Treaty rights of Masonic peoples. It, it's it's ignored every time you turn around. So and so I I think that what what really needs to happen is a serious look at uh, and it's not it's and it's talked about things being messy. Uh, Jody Wilson Raybould and I became very close friends the last number of years. Just you know, getting rid of the Indian Act is going to be super messy because some nations want to keep it because it's the only system of governance they've known. But it is a colonial uh, uh, affront to uh, indigenous peoples across this country, whether Métis or Inuit or... or a source of some controversy and difference of opinion even among First Nations themselves, I understand. Yeah, because some... But but that's a question of self-determination and sovereignty. Tell us, individual nations, what kind of governance you want. Do you want to have the, the hereditary leadership systems that you had before, things like the potlatch laws that outlawed basic ways of being together. Um, it was so funny. I was talking. That was one of Jody's stories. Was that when her, her family would remember when the potlatches were illegal, and they'd have someone on watch. And when they held a potlatch, they'd have someone watching for Indian agents. And if they saw one coming, they'd switch to singing "Onward, Christian Soldiers." But they were trying to hang on. The resilience of Indigenous peoples of Turtle Island is extraordinary when you consider the 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 between residential schools abducting children from their families. What could be a more effective and immoral way to break up social structures than to steal children and return them some more than a, more than a decade later to their families when they no longer spoke their, fam- their parents' language? I mean, this and is a, an appalling thing that's part of our history. And, and it's not going to be, as uh, uh, Senator Murray Sinclair, whom I'm also honored, to have become a close friend with, with Murray Sinclair. I mean, he said, look, he chaired, of course, he chaired the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. So, look, this is, the, we're dealing with damage that took 150 years to inflict. This isn't something that we quote unquote solve in the next two or three years. This is also an intergenerational project, and most of the work has to be done by set, settler culture Canadians to be good allies. Well, I think we have a lot to gain from learning about Indigenous cultures in Canada here, um, perhaps foremost uh, being their respect for the land and the ecosystems. And I'm just wondering, as, as the, the fullness of our climate crisis is dawning on everybody, 
Um, there's a lot of mixed reactions, including a lot of grief for damage already done uh, and anxiety about the future. And I'm just wondering how you personally uh, deal with these feelings in terms of our our present and our future as a species. Well, we have uh, how I deal with it. I, I, I have to say it's it's increasingly hard to say, you know, let's stay chipper and positive, but we have to, actually, right? But you can't deny the reality. So it starts, just like with truth and reconciliation on Indigenous issues, on climate crisis, we have to start with the truth. And the truth is that none of the policies in place from our governments, whether provincial or federal, are close to being what's required by the science to avoid the worst outcomes. And I think a lot of us know what the worst outcomes are. We don't want to talk about them out loud. It's not bad weather. And, you know, that's mm -hmm. that's that's on. <laughs> it's not worst outcomes involve whether civilization can survive in through our own children's lifetimes, not future generations in some hypothetical, but the kids who are here now. And we have an obligation, particularly those of us in elected office, but all citizens, all Canadians, to 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 understand the truth and be able to say, and knowing that truth. We have time. We have time to change. We have time to cancel pipelines we don't need. We have time to make fracking illegal. We have time to say we're going off fossil fuels quite rapidly. Thank you very much. We have time to actually point out, you know, the positive good news stuff about, yes, the renewable energy is there. Yes, it's cheaper than coal. All of this is good news. But we can't let politicians off the hook anymore for incremental cheerleading for the easy things. We have to do the hard things well, now. I, I personally, I think that's why it's really important that we send Green MPs back to Parliament uh, whenever the election is called. And I wish mm. you the, the best of Thank luck you. in the I upcoming really election. I really appreciate your impartiality. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, thank you. I really appreciate this. Well, really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And, and I do. And, and Paul Manley's running in the Nima Ladysmith again. We have good candidates running everywhere. So uh, concentrate on the local and help every green you can. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Well, thank you. We certainly here at Gulf Islands Community Radio Society appreciate you taking the time to sit down and speak with us this morning. Thank you so much, Elizabeth May. Thank you, Dan. I've been speaking with Elizabeth May, our Member of Parliament, uh, here on Sandwich and Gulf Islands. So you have a few more plans while you're in the neighborhood, uh, yeah, don't I, you? What are you yeah. doing today? Well, I'm just I'm, I'm going to stop by and visit some friends I haven't seen for a while. Um, and my adopted mom is Dorothy Cutting. Uh, she adopted me when my mom died in 2003. So Dorothy won't be with us very much longer. I want to make sure I see her, and I'm going to make sure I see more people who are friends in the market. And uh, and I will be, of course, I'll be back often. What, what, I, I, now that I can, now that we are able to to mix and mingle and hug each other, and it's really a good thing. And you know Scott Merrick, our co-host. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Scott, thank you so much for everything. Oh, it's nice to see you again. And I know what you're going through with the knee. I had that done as well. Oh, how Ooh. long ago was yours? Oh, quite a while. Uh, but it took, I found it took quite a while to recover compared to people who have hip replacements, I've had example. both. I'm going for the whole bionic treatment. Oh, there you go. I've got two new hips, but the last hip came in in 2011. Right, and um, I was actually able to get the surgery on a Thursday. I did it in Ottawa so I could go right back to work. And I actually was able to walk to my seat to Parliament um, on Tuesday. So I only missed two days at work. The knee is not like that. No, it <laughs> no. is not. <laughs> when I had mine done, there was nothing but ice on the road, too. So, and uh, they, they, actually, it was funny. It was, I was going to have it done, I think it was in February. 
and they phoned and said that we've had a cancellation would you like to come in Christmas Eve and I said no <laughs> I'll be with my family so anyway but yeah it takes a while take care well I have to have the other one done and they're looking at sometime around Christmas for me for the for the for the right knee left knee's coming along you heard it here first the bionic woman Bi Elizabeth May <laughs> they're just gonna put after a while they just put me up on the chassis just you know lock and load no it's it's so I'm very grateful to our healthcare system of many things that I'm grateful for absolutely it, amazing well, anyway thank you both it's great to see you and thank you yeah. God bless and thank All you right. Thank take you care, and, and salt safe journeys. <laughs> Thank you. And Scott, you're going to take it away for uh, yeah. the hour. Well, the next uh, song, it certainly isn't an ordinary day with Elizabeth here, but here's uh, Great Big Sea from Newfoundland with Ordinary Day. <laughs> 